Hey everyone, welcome back to the Holy Girl Hotline. I'm your host, Sid, and today we're going to be talking about making a defense. Now, this episode is a little bit different, I'm not going to lie. It's not like a typical topic that I'm going to kind of talk about and then give some scriptures. This one is a little bit more of an intro to a multiple part series that I definitely want to continue. I don't think it'll be like a consecutive like back-to-back episodes type of thing but more so just every couple of weeks I want to make a video on this topic because I feel like it's very important and it's something that has been truly impactful in my life like actually kind of (laughs) life-changing and also I think that it's something that will really that the Christian community needs more of especially us as holy girls like we can definitely use a lot more of this in our lives so yeah this is like a little bit of an intro to that kind of a bit of a testimony and then an intro to why it's important and why i want to definitely continue doing more of it in the future okay so i'm going to start off with a little bit of a preface just a verse that i feel like shapes this entire topic and episode and that is first peter three fifteen, and it says always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect having a good conscience so that when you are slandered those who revile your good behavior in christ may be put to shame okay that was that was 15 and 16 but i think this verse is so good just about making a defense and it's important that as we are in the world but not of the world that we are able to converse with and have conversations with the people who are of the world so that eventually we can share that truth with them right that's what evangelism and sharing the gospel is all about It's great to have internal conversations within the Christian community and within the body of Christ. Like, that's amazing. I love it. I love, like, for example, this podcast is more so the audience is geared towards women of God. So these are people who are already in the body of Christ, right? But it's also important to make sure that we are able to spread our message to other people who don't have the same foundation of faith as us, who don't have the Bible as a standard of truth, because all of us used to be outside of the body of Christ, like... We all were non-believers before we had the truth of the gospel shared with us. So it's important that we have the ability and that we're equipped with the tools and the methods and the tactics to be able to do the same for other people. So this is something that I'm learning more about that I've been very passionate about in the past and I'm kind of getting back into that. So, yeah, especially being on a college campus, this is important because you're just surrounded by people with so many different backgrounds and walks of life and religions and so it's really it's really beautiful to be surrounded with that kind of diversity and kind of just be able to view it as an opportunity to learn more um, about different types of faiths and different religions so that for me it's a way that I can start to build a defense um, against other ways of thought you know and learning about other religions and other faiths helps me to strengthen my own and sometimes gives me opportunity to talk to other people about the truth that I have in Christ and to be able to share that, right? And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of talk, tactics and methods that can help you to be a very effective evangelist and just to learn how to talk to other people with respect and gentleness, like the word says, and not forcing anything down people's throats, of course, but being able to have these conversations that may be a little bit uncomfortable and may be a little bit scary, but they're very valuable in the end. And you never know what type of what type of seed you could plant in somebody, um, even if they are in another religion. So I think it's really important as believers in Christ. We know that we have the truth and we know that the only way to the Father is through Christ. So if we truly believe that we have the standard of truth in that every other way is a false way and every other way leads to death, then I think that absolutely we should be sharing this message with everyone else. Um, But I do think that there's a wise way to go about it and I think there's a methodical way to go about it. 
So this series is all about talking about those types of strategies, answering some questions, putting ourselves in some scenarios to kind of build up that practice and and uh, equipping ourselves with the tools to build a defense. So with all that being said, I'm going to go into a little bit of a testimony as to why apologetics is so important to me. If you're not familiar with the word apologetics, by the way, I will get into the definition a little bit later, but it'll start to make sense as I discuss this, but just a bit of a personal story. So I do have my testimony kind of on like another episode previously with Brie, but um, I'll probably do another testimony episode in the coming future. But without going fully into my testimony, I'm going to do a little bit of it because I feel like it's important for uh, this topic that we have today. So before I became a born again Christian, like I grew up in a Christian household. My parents took me to church every Sunday, pretty much. And even outside of Sundays, it was like, our house was all about Christ all the time, which was amazing. And it's something I grew to appreciate a lot. But at the time, I really resented it at times. And I silently resented it. I didn't always voice those uh, resentments or uh, doubts or anything like that. But there were definitely times growing up where I resented it. Right. And so I struggled with like truly believing in Christ. And I struggled with like actually seeing the validity in the existence of God or the existence of the gospel or Christianity being or not even Christianity, but just Christ being the only way um, to salvation. And that was hard for me to grasp at times. But, you know, I just grew up in the church and I had a lot of knowledge about God, but I never had like a true belief that this was the only way, right? And so I would sit in church and growing up, I remember I would watch people cry. Like I would watch people have like true experiences with God and encounters with God and people in church would cry and like, People would, you know, get on their knees and speak in tongues and all these things. And I just never understood. And I would silently judge them because I couldn't understand the experience they were having. And without really ever voicing this, honestly, I think this is my first time really, really talking about this. But I honestly would silently judge them. And I found that faith and emotional attachment to something they couldn't even see really foolish and I remember like vividly sitting in church and like laughing to myself at people who would like cry and have these emotional highs and experiences at church and like that sounds absolutely sadistic now that I look back on it like (laughs) am I a psychopath like no but for real like it's kind it sounds really bad and I'm being so vulnerable when I say it but like I used to sit and laugh to myself at church when I would see people getting emotional I was like what are you crying about like you can't even see this God and it's all based in some blind faith, right? That was a term that always used to come up in my head, like blind faith. Like how can you just how can you just believe that there's a God out there that actually cares about you enough to sit in a room of other people and cry about it? Anyways, I just when it would be like during worship and people would get emotional and people would praise and put their whole heart and soul into it and I just could not understand. Like it just did not click in my head. And I, I was and I still am a very logical person. So like in order for me to believe something, I have to have logical reasons and evidence to believe it. Like I it's hard for me to just go based off faith or just based off what other people tell me. Like there has to be evidence for me to believe it. Right. And so growing up, like I was just I really struggled with actual faith and belief because it just didn't seem logically based to me. Right. And so I didn't see growing up much logical defense of the gospel or the existence of God. It was kind of like you know, going to church, it was like kind of sometimes scary to ask those type of questions, like the really deep questions, like how do we know that God exists? Like, how do we know this is even real? 
those really tough questions. And sometimes, and I admit, like, even as a Christian now, those are hard questions to answer. So I'm not even, like, shifting the blame onto people who were in my church or anything like that. But it's just, I didn't really see much of a logical reason for it. I saw it being a lot more based in just faith and things that were rooted in the Bible. And it was really like a struggle for me to believe, like, how can you believe that the Bible is the truth when your reasons for believing that it's the truth are in the book itself? Like, what are the external reasons for you believing in this? Does that make sense? I don't know. I hope that makes sense. But that was kind of my line of thinking. And it was just all these questions that I had, I felt I never really got resolved. And it was kind of just like, well, we just have to go to church, you know, just go to church. And, um, I never really felt like comfortable asking questions or really like questioning my my faith or the faith of my parents rather. And I never really like voiced those concerns or doubt. This was all internal. So I'm not, like I said, not putting the blame or responsibility on anybody. Um, if you had asked me, I probably would have said I believed in Christ. But I know internally I had a lot of doubt and a lot of questions that I just didn't feel comfortable asking. But I really did find it foolish to just have faith, right? And so, like I said, I had a lot of resentment and I started, as I grew older and got into high school, I started turning to a lot of worldly sources of identity and truth. So I would look to other people for the source of my identity. I would look to YouTubers and people at my school or influencers or anything like that. And I would just start to watch things to start to try and build my own identity apart from God because I couldn't understand God. I couldn't understand why people were having these emotional experiences I couldn't understand why people were worshiping and praising and talking to a god that they couldn't even see I couldn't I couldn't understand it so I just tried to run as far away from it as I could and I tried to just build my identity in things that I could see and things that made sense to me and eventually I got to a point where I was in isolation and I was just so broken and I was just so sad and lonely and I remember being like so just fed up with everything I had put my hope and my trust in because it was like ultimately all of those things fade away at the end of the day this was during COVID so like we were in quarantine and all the things I kind of built my identity on were just so like it was just gone in the blink of an eye you know and I didn't have like school to run to anymore to kind of escape my home life of that was such a good Christian like foundation that was such a a good foundation rooted in Christ and like wanting to learn more about God and centering our family around him. And I couldn't run to school and escape that anymore. So finally, I'm in isolation. I'm alone. I'm away from all the influences and I'm away from all the comparison. And finally, it's just like I have all this time to finally begin to focus on God and to finally begin to like actually investigate what all these people are on about. And, you know, like I couldn't understand it. And I finally had the time to look into it. And I feel like God began to really tug at my heart and begin to put an interest in me to learn more about the truth, wherever that truth would lead me. I didn't know at the time that it would lead me to Christ necessarily, but I, I realized that I started to have more of a hunger to learn at least what was out there. I, I began to have more of a curiosity about the things of God because it was like I had nothing else. Everything else, all my friends, my source of escape, everything was just gone. And all I had was myself and my phone and YouTube, right? And so I began to have that little curiosity that the Lord began to put in me. Um, and so I really was seeking to just understand God from a logical perspective. And I was really seeking like evidence that was not biblical necessarily not like bible verses because to someone who doesn't necessarily 
yet believe in Christ or believe in the truth or the validity of the scriptures, it's really hard to prove that the scripture is valid using the scripture. Sometimes it'll take like external evidence or historical evidence or logical or reasoning to convince them of the validity of the Bible. And so that's what I sought. Rather than just faith or just some emotional experience, I really sought reasoning and logic and evidence that would help me to understand why the Bible is true, why the God of the Bible is the one true way, right? Because before I couldn't really see that. And I remember one day I was in my room, I was really bored and I was I was on YouTube, I opened up YouTube and this video came up on my feed on my recommended and it was a Christian evangelist who just like goes around on the street um, talking to people and talking to them about Christ and about the gospel and kind of asking them questions and, and kind of introducing the truth of the scripture to them and introducing the truth, truth of the gospel to them in a way that isn't just like the Bible says this, this, and this, so you need to believe this, this, and this. But he uses reasoning and logic to kind of appeal to that logical side of us that needs evidence to produce faith, right? And I watched this and my mind was absolutely blown. Like, I was like, wow, like, this makes sense. And I remember listening to it and pretending like he was talking to me and like I would try to answer the questions that he was asking to the people in the videos and like I would find myself really struggling to answer a lot of these questions. And it was like, he was bringing up such logical reasons that really made sense in my mind as to why I truly needed a savior, you know, um, why I was a sinner, how I'm a sinner, and what does that mean for my eternal destiny, right? All these things that I knew in my head from going to church and being raised in a Christian home, like all this knowledge that I had, but finally it was like the connection to my to it was finally an appeal to my logic. And it was finally using like evidence and reasoning that made sense in a way to make all of that head knowledge that I had finally begin to produce faith, right? And I remember I just started to consume this content. Like I would sit in my room all day and just watch these videos and watch him break down all this thing, all these things that I had knowledge about, but I couldn't fully connect and I couldn't connect the dots and I couldn't fully turn it into belief. And I watched him go through this, this really consistent process of just asking questions and and helping people to realize their uncertainty about life and death and eternity and salvation and all these things and just using logic and reason to produce doubt and to plant seeds of faith, right? And so I'm gonna go more into it. I know I'm being vague, but I'm gonna go more into like the specific person, his tactic and a bit, but I just wanna keep it vague as for now. But um, yeah, so I was just consuming this type of content and eventually I remember like, it all just made sense. And eventually I got to a point where I really wanted to learn more about more about God. And I bought a Bible and I started reading it. But it wasn't until somebody really like gave me logical reason and evidence that the Bible was true, that I should look into the Bible, logical reason and evidence that that Christ is the only way that really got me to actually want to start reading the Bible. Right. So I bought a Bible, started reading it, and the rest is history. Finally gave my life to Christ for myself instead of kind of just through my parents' faith. And ever since then, I've just loved learning more about apologetics and making a defense and learning these logical and reasonable ways to share the gospel with others because it was so appealing to me and it really helped me to go to that next level. And so I think it's really important. There's so many people out there who need to hear those same type of messages. So... 
if I, I, if I haven't been clear with my definition of apologetics in that testimony, apologetics is really just like First Peter says, it's making a defense for our faith. It is defending the gospel. It is proving its validity against other religions and other uh, ways of thought and ways of thinking. It is is quite literally just proving the truth of the gospel and giving reasons and evidence for why our faith is true. I also mentioned evangelism. And evangelism is not too dissimilar, but it's it's more so just spreading the message of the gospel and sharing the message of the gospel. And so I think apologetics and evangelism can go hand in hand when done with certain methods. Like you can share the gospel in a way that proves its validity. You can share the gospel in a way that like appeals to people's logic and um, really gives them reasons to understand the truth of the gospel message that we are sharing. Um, so I'm going to talk about a couple of people that I watched in those early stages of me like being curious about the truth and about God. And that really helped me to come to start reading the Bible for myself. And so there were there's four people that I remember right now. This was like four years ago at this point, which is crazy. Like, <laughs> I can't believe that that makes me feel so old. But the first person that I absolutely love and still watch to this day is Ray Comfort. He has a ministry called Living Waters. And um, this was a person whose video I talked about earlier that came up on my recommended on YouTube. But I saw his video and then I started absolutely consuming it. Like I probably watched half his YouTube channel, but like (laughs) he uses the Ten Commandments to logically demonstrate our need for Christ as a savior, which is what I really saw through the couple of videos that I watched um, a couple years ago. And it's like he uses the Ten Commandments as a moral standard. And he basically paints God as a judge, just like a human judge, right? Who is just, who is fair, who follows the law, who doesn't bend that law, who doesn't break that law, but has to hold to a certain standard of justice, right? He questions people and evaluates their morality based on the Ten Commandments. And when he helps them to realize that they've fallen short of the moral standard, as we all have, the newsflash, like, the, the kicker is that we all have fallen short, like right? Like, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the kicker is that we all have broken God's law and it helps reasonably demonstrate the need for a savior. Like if there is no objective standard for morality, then there's no way for us to define good and evil. For all we know, the worst people in history could be in heaven if there's no objective moral standard. So he uses the Ten Commandments as this moral standard, as God's moral standard of perfection, says that we all have broken it and uses that reasoning to help establish our need for a savior as broken sinners. And then he uses more, he goes into more um, there, but then eventually he gets to the point that Christ is the only way to that salvation, that he has paid the penalty for our sins that we deserve and that we need him as a savior. And it's beautiful the way he does it. I highly recommend checking him out. Ray Comfort, Living Waters on YouTube. It really just changed so much in my walk with Christ in those early stages because I realized like, wow, there's a logical way to really defend this. And like, there's reasonings other than just believe, you know, like there is a reasoning. There's a a line of reasoning that you can follow. And it's just, it's so, so, so helpful. The next person that is an apologist that really, really helped me is Preston Perry. He does, he's a true apologist. Um, He taught me about the importance of studying other religions to build logical and objective defenses against them. So like, how can we expect to talk to other people of other faiths and other backgrounds if we don't know anything about their 
way of belief or if we don't know anything about their system or their religion, right? Like how can we affect to how can we expect to effectively communicate and converse and debate with people who don't agree with us if we know nothing about them, nothing about their their books, their standards of truth. And watching his videos was really helpful to me because it was like showing the importance of actually like getting out of our Christian bubble and learning about other religions, learning about other faiths, learning about other systems, and then going to those people and having conversations with them. Not in a way that's like violent or forceful or pushing anything on them, but it's loving and it's calm. And it's it's quite literally just a discussion that can begin to plant seeds of faith in them or start to expose some of the inconsistencies in their faith or, or some of the benefits that our Bible gives that their religion doesn't or some of the things that doesn't that don't just don't hold up in their way of thinking, right? And if we at least know the basics about other religions, then we can start to understand the people that we're talking to more and we can cater our defense to their way of thinking. And I think that's really important so that we don't just come to every person with a monolithic, just have faith or just read the Bible or it's in the Bible, right? But we, like we start to understand other people's ways of thinking and we can cater our defense and we can tailor our defenses to be able to speak directly into their situation. And I, I think that's actually goes such a long way because people see that you've taken the time to like learn about other systems and not that you're just like stuck in your own bubble and just giving them a message that they don't want to hear. But instead, you've taken the time to learn, you've taken the time to study and do research and that you're willing to come to them and to talk to them about their own faith from the perspective that you've studied it. So I think his his stuff is really good as well. Um, also, his wife, Jackie Hill Perry, her stuff is really good, too. I didn't learn about her until a little bit later on, so I just watched Preston stuff first. But both of them are really great researchers, resources, um, especially for the women of God. would highly recommend Jackie. She's great. Another person that I watched a lot in those early stages was Elisa Childers. And her videos, like, kind of helped me to address a lot of big, big questions that I had, like a lot of buzz topics and... And it showed me a lot of strategies for breaking them down with biblical arguments. This was more when I started to like accept Christ and I started to want to, I started to have a passion to defend his word and a passion to like spread his message to other people. Watching her videos helped me to establish a biblical basis for why I believe what I believe and also gave a biblical basis to like a lot of topics that we encounter in the world. They can be political, economic, social, all those different types of things. She had a lot of videos like answering some of those questions. So that was really helpful for me as well. And the last person that I watched a lot kind of in that same stage of wanting to defend Christ more after I accepted him was Melissa Doherty. And she taught me a lot about like new age spirituality and new thought and all of those different kind of religions that can almost sound like Christianity if you're not careful. And they can be like very subtle in certain areas, but I feel like it's very, very popular in our generation. Um, and it's subtly started to creep into different like sects of Christianity that they call it Christianity. But if you really start to dissect it, they have beliefs that come in from a lot more like spirituality perspective. And so watching her content taught me a lot about this as she was someone who came out of like the new age spirituality religion. And so learning about her experiences and listening to how she would um, give logic and evidence and reasoning as to why that was false was really helpful for me and has been helpful for me in a lot of conversations that I've had with people as I've gotten older, like even now. So yeah, those are just four examples. Um, I'll put their 
information or like links if I can in the description. But those are really great resources that I used to watch. And if I think of any others that I watch now, I'll include um, I'll include references to them as well. But it's really important to like lean on our our community and our body of Christ in times like that because like it's so hard to just learn things on your own and like learning from the experiences of other other people whether they've come out of different religions or they've studied different religions or they've just had a lot of experience with evangelism and apologetics like learning from other people is so so important so that's been like a huge help for me in starting to build my own defense and my own methodology as I talk to people so yeah I would highly recommend like looking into some sources on YouTube as well and if you find any that you really really like or that you know of any apologetics um apologists I should say then definitely like hit me up and let me know because I'm always looking for more people to learn from so my next question is kind of like why is apologetics important Uh, like I kind of mentioned earlier I think it's important because it allows us to reach people from all backgrounds and religions Um, like I said before I really came to Christ I was so turned off by the typical response of just have faith or Um, just read the Bible or because God says so. And not to knock anybody who said that, like, as a Christian, I completely agree. Like, it is about faith and it is about the Bible as our standard of truth. And it is like God's word and his will over our will any day. And as a Christian, I understand that now. But before I truly believed in him, it was really hard for me to hear those answers. And so I think apologetics is really important because it allows us to bring reason and logic and evidence and historical reasoning and historical evidence and anything that we can to prove the validity of the Bible so that that person even has a curiosity to read the Bible and to start to discover the truth for themselves. But I think we can we can be very contrary to our intention of spreading the gospel when we take an approach that only includes the Bible as our standard of truth. Because for people who don't believe that, like it's really, it doesn't help them as much, you know? And so I think that we as Christians should absolutely be well-versed in the Bible Um, like I mentioned earlier, like it's really important that we understand the Bible and that we have these internal conversations within our body of Christ and that we build each other up and we edify each other. That's extremely important. And I think there's great, there's great value in that, which is why I love doing this podcast. But I also think it's important that we converse with people who don't hold the Bible as their source of truth and who haven't yet found, found Christ and who are searching and who are, who are struggling. And I think like, it's really just as equally important for us to do that because, Like I said before, we all used to be in that boat. We all used to be without Christ at a certain point. So if we really think about what it was that reached us, how much more do we need to be equipped to reach other people? How do we converse with people who don't hold the Bible as their source of truth? I think it's really important to learn objective arguments and evidences for the validity of the Bible and the gospel. This can be, like I mentioned, historical or logical like I mentioned with Ray Comfort like his tactic being logical reasoning and he would use the Ten Commandments and he would use illustrations like judges and court systems and the system of law on earth and he would make that analogous to the system of law of morality that God has put in place with the Ten Commandments and he uses that code of morality that standard of morality to kind of convict us as sinners and to establish our need for a savior in the first place. Because how do you tell a sinner that they are a sinner in the first place if they don't believe in Christ, right? And so that's a logical and a reasoning approach to how to establish that we are sinners in the first place. And out of that comes a need for a savior. We can appeal to them in ways that prove the truths found in the Bible. 
I think a lot of times this is done in reverse and it may not be as effective, like trying to use the truths that we know are truths in the Bible to convince other people who don't believe in the Bible. But it's like if they don't believe in the Bible and they don't believe that that is truth, that argument doesn't hold any weight in their mind, if that makes sense. Like if someone doesn't believe in the truth of the gospel, it's going to be very hard to use that as the basis for your argument. So we have to appeal to them in ways that appeal to their logic and their reasoning and give them other evidence to prove the validity that we know is truth. And like I said that I learned from Preston Perry is to learn at least the basics of other religions so that we can raise contradictions and questions about their beliefs and so that we can find holes and gaps and inconsistencies in their theology and it may even cause them to question their own ideas. For example, if another faith says that Jesus is the son of God, but isn't God, that causes us as Christians to have to go and investigate why is Jesus not only the son of God, but also God? What can we find in the scripture to validate that he is not only the son of God, but he is also God? If that other faith uses the scripture as their standard of truth, then we can use the scripture to validate our argument, if that makes sense. So that's just an example, but learning about other religions forces us to become stronger in our own faith and to investigate questions that we may not have asked ourselves. And not only that, but you can use the knowledge that you've learned in conversations with people of other faiths, and it may even cause them to raise those same questions. It may even bring up doubts and inconsistencies and uncertainty in their own belief that could plant seeds of faith in the future. And I will say here that the main goal is to plant seeds. The thing about apologetics that I kind of had a little mixed up in the beginning is that I'm supposed to save people and I'm supposed to convert people. Um, One thing about people is they don't like being told that they um, are wrong. They don't like being told that they need to be saved. Um, So if you come with an attitude of like, you need to, I'm here to save you, I'm here to convert you. Like that's going to turn a lot of people off. So I think an approach of like, wanting to have a conversation and wanting to understand other people and truly just wanting to converse like is so much more effective than coming with like a savior mentality because at the end of the day like we are not the ones saving anybody I have never in my life saved anyone and neither has any of the people that I mentioned earlier all that they have done is plant seeds of truth and it is the holy spirit it is the word of god that holds the power to save it's not our words right and All we can do is plant seeds and all we can do is hope that one day those seeds of faith or those seeds of doubt that we planted or the questioning or the curiosity will one day bring about faith and repentance in that person because that's what happened with me. It wasn't a video by Ray Comfort that saved me, but it was his videos that planted seeds of curiosity in me, that planted seeds to want to learn even more about the God of the Bible, that planted seeds for me to go on Amazon and buy a Bible and to start opening it and reading it and being absolutely consumed with its contents and finally coming to understand it as truth for myself. It wasn't his videos that saved me, but it it truly developed and sparked a desire in me to know this God that I, I began to look to as my source of truth. And so it's the same thing when we're doing apologetics in our own lives or even when we're just sharing the gospel. Don't come at it with the mentality of you're here to save people, but instead come at it with the mentality that you're here to perhaps plant a seed, but really that you're just to have a, going to have a discussion, a fruitful one. And lastly, I'm going to share some tactics that have been really helpful for me and that I've learned through watching other people and that I've learned in the conversations that I've had in the past couple years. 
and I am by no means an expert whatsoever, but I'm just a girl, and I'm just here to share a little bit about my experience and hope that it can help you as you have conversations um, with other people in the future. The first thing is to ask questions. This is the biggest tip, y'all. Ask questions. It is so important when you're having these discussions to not get caught trying to explain everything. And even if you do have an answer, like even if you do have the ability to fully explain and monologue the whole conversation, it is so important to let the other person talk more and to like ask them questions, provocative questions, because it can expose their confidence or lack of confidence and it may reveal some uncertainty about their beliefs without even having to do a lot of work. You asking a simple question of why do you believe that or what is your source of truth for that or how can we know that this is true or any type of simple question like that can go such a further way than you trying to sit and explain because A, it makes the person, you asking a question makes the other person feel more engaged and like you're willing to hear them out and understand their position. That comes across a lot more conversational rather than just like you monologuing or lecturing at them. So it'll make the other person feel a lot more engaged, but also it will begin to expose any doubts that they have. And if they can't answer the questions, then it may start to raise some concern in them. That's a great way to plant seeds of faith because if they can't answer the questions and they you keep stumping them with simple questions, then it could be that their faith or their religion or their system of thought doesn't answer these important questions, but the Bible can. So that can begin to expose some curiosity in them. And so I think asking questions is so, so, so helpful and important and effective because our goal, like I said, isn't to convert them. But if we can cause them to question and to develop curiosity and to explore the truth of the Bible and to ultimately the truth of Christ, then that is all we could have asked for, right? So yes, ask questions. You don't have to sit there and try and feel like you do all the work because like that can be really scary. And I feel like that's why a lot of people get turned off to like apologetics or evangelizing about their faith is because they feel like they don't know enough. But like if you're asking questions, then you put the burden on the other person to explain and to defend. And if they ask you questions, I absolutely think that you should be equipped to answer their questions as well. But a big part of it is being able to ask methodical and effective questions so that When they do ask, you're ready. My next little tip is to remain calm and collective. When we become emotional and argumentative as Christians, that reflects not only poorly on us, but it reflects poorly on our King, Christ. And when we can't even have conversations with non-believers without getting heated and without getting emotional and without screaming and yelling, that doesn't make the message that we're preaching very loving or truthful. Um, it doesn't make it sound like a message that saves, but a message that condemns. And I think it's really been effective for me in conversations to even when the other person starts to get emotional or heated, it's so important for me to remain calm and not to become flustered. Because when you keep your cool and you keep a level head and you're stoic about the information that you're presenting, no matter what the reaction is of the other person, It makes you seem like you know what you're talking about more, even if you don't. Like, (laughs) I promise if you keep your cool and you hold it together the whole time, you just look even more poised. So that's very important. Keep your calm. Remember that you're representing Christ in everything that you do. And my last tip, because a lot of conversations that I've had in the past couple years have been 
kind of overtaken by like this idea of subjective truth and that truth is like subjective and that everybody has their own truth and that like my truth and what I see as truth may not be the same for others. So what I like to do is kind of lead the conversation towards object objectivity and an objective moral standard. And really I learned this from Ray Comfort because he would establish the Ten Commandments as the moral standard. It's like we as humans, people can say that there's a subjective truth, but I don't think we nobody even really believes that because we all believe that there's a right and a wrong. And if somebody, I mean, I think most people see murder as wrong, as evil. And so just that alone tells you that we have a standard of right and wrong, a standard of good and evil. Um, so I think, anyways, leading the conversation towards ob objectivity and objective truth is important because it helps to establish the basis for the rest of the conversation. Um, and just breaking down that subjective truth argument, it's tricky, but it's actually simple if you go about it the right way. And I want to do another completely whole other episode in this series on this because that's a big topic, but it really is simple to diffuse when you understand the top tactics of it. But yeah, just making sure to make sure that your arguments are rooted in objective truth and that the conversation is like has that as a basis is, has been very helpful for me. More on that to come, but those are just a couple of tips that I thought I'd throw in here real quick because it's been really helpful for me in conversations and it's been helpful as I've watched other people um, do evangelism and apologetics, so thought I'd include it here. So yeah, guys, that's really all I've got for now. I definitely, like I said, want to do some more episodes on this in the future where I kind of go more in depth about certain topics and kind of bring you through some scenarios that I've been in and some questions and topics that I've handled and kind of just giving you tips and some of my experiences, the things that I failed at, the things that I think I've done well at, um, and so that we can all kind of learn and grow from building each other up. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about this because apologetics is something I I like really, really, really got into during quarantine because I had so much time and like once I started learning more about Christ I just wanted to understand all of these logical defenses that we can give to others um, because the emotional appeal doesn't always work for everyone so having a logical and a reason-based one is really really great I'm really excited for what's to come and I think it's just important that we as a body of Christ and we as representative of Christ are able to be equipped to reasonably defend our faith to others who don't even have the same basis of truth as us it's important to understand that we can't come to people as if they're a monolith and we can't approach people as if they all have the same line of thinking, right? We have to approach the conversation of faith and truth and religion with a sense of nuance and a sense of compassion and understanding. And I think apologetics is a great lens to do this through because we learn to learn about other people's systems of thinking and we learn tactics to diffuse them in a way that is gentle, in a way that is respectful and honorable in the God that we represent. So, yeah, it's really fun. I hope this is interesting to y'all. Sorry, I just dropped my pen if you heard that. My apologies. Hi. Sorry, I'm, like, recording something real quick, but I'll be done in five minutes. Thank you. Um, y'all, somebody just walked into the room I'm recording in. That is so awkward. I've never had that happen before. Anyways, on that note, I'm going to go. But I love you guys so, so much. Follow me on Instagram at Holy Girl Hotline if you're not already. I've been posting more and more on there. So y'all let me know what you think about the new content. And yeah, I'm really, really excited. Uh, this is a big topic for me. Y'all, I can't believe that just happened. Somebody just walked in here. Anyways, I'm acting like this isn't a public school. Of course, somebody can walk in here. But yeah, 
Okay, guys, I love y'all. Have a great day, great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye.